0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: I think most, most of you would agree that we need to get pipelines built. There is a need for additional pipeline capacity. And if we are truly serious as a nation, there is no reason why that shouldn't happen. So if we can't get something like the Trans Mountain expansion built, well, then nothing's getting built, and we become a joke of a country. I think that's what it's come to. I remain on the optimistic side when it comes to Trans Mountain. I think the momentum is on the side of this project. Uh, The law is on the side of this project. The federal government is on the side of this project. Uh, I think it'll get built. I hope it'll get built. Because if it does... Well, maybe the last one built for a very long time. And if it doesn't, we're in big, big trouble. Justin Trudeau is a rather reluctant champion of pipelines. Uh, the, the liberals have supported Keystone XL. They obviously didn't support Northern Gateway. I, I don't really know where Justin Trudeau is at on Energy East. I guess it's kind of a moot point now. They did approve Trans Mountain, and they stand by that approval. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Justin Trudeau, as you know, is a politician who likes to try to have it both ways, likes to try to please everybody, which doesn't always work. It certainly doesn't work on an issue like this. There are a lot of environmentalists, a lot of people on the left upset with him for approving Trans Mountain. I think at this point, though, even if he abandoned that project, I don't think he'd win them back and would just manage to to upset people on the other side of the debate. So maybe this is his way of throwing a bone to pipeline opponents to essentially say, "Okay, Trans Mountain, and that's it. So that brings us to Bill C-69, which is the Impact Assessment Act. It's going to change the way these projects get reviewed and approved. Now, according to the government, it's a more meaningful process. It'll help Canadians have more faith in the process. But for those in industry, those who operate pipelines and build pipelines, they see a lot of confusion. They see a lot of additional layers of bureaucracy here, a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of reasons to think that this is a bar that's being set too high for any project. And you might have heard yesterday Daniel Smith spoke with the Canadian Energy Pipelines Association their perspective which they laid out last week in Ottawa is that they cannot envision any new pipeline project is getting approved under this criteria. Obviously the federal government doesn't see it that way. The Alberta government has some concerns uh, the position of Premier Rachel Notley is that they're going to try to push for some changes or some exemptions. ...under this legislation to try to work with the federal government. United Conservative Party leader Jason Kenney, though, thinks we need to take a firmer approach on this, that this is of real concern. Wrote a letter to the premier this week uh, urging the legislature to debate this, maybe to unanimously pass a motion condemning this. Joining us uh, to expand on all of this is the aforementioned UCP leader Jason Kenney. Jason, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Good to be here, Rob. So this is Bill C-69. What do Albertans need to know about these changes?
0: By the Trudeau government to basically um, kill the National Energy Board, create a new bureaucracy to regulate pipelines. The problem is this: as you know, it's already far too complicated, too time-consuming, with too much uncertainty. Now before Parliament, and proposed regulations which would add even more uncertainty. It would take the maximum time frame for consideration of a pipeline application from about eighteen months to just under three years, with all sorts of uncertainty. And it introduces things that are like impossible to um, for a company to address uh, uh, with certainty, like a gender.
1: which is obviously concerning. Now, it doesn't impact uh, the pipelines that we're, we're hoping get completed right now that have been approved, like the Trans Mountain expansion, the Line 3 expansion, and, and Keystone XL.
0: Right. I mean, Keystone XL, that goes down to the United States. That was approved many years ago. It's it's still going through some final regulatory procedures in, in I think, the state of Nebraska, but basically it's got a conditional U.S. presidential permit. Um, but the, the main one would be Trans Mountain and, uh, and, and line six, as you say, those were both approved under the old rules, so they are grandfathered.
1: All right. So uh, we, we heard this week the premier suggesting that, um, that they can work with the federal government on this, that maybe we can get some, some exemptions uh, baked into this legislation or, or some changes can be made. Do you think that we're likely to get far with that approach?
0: of the B.C. New Democrats on the Trans Mountain pipeline. So to now say, you know, we trust Justin Trudeau, the same guy who said he wants to phase out the oil sands, the same guy who vetoed the Northern Gateway pipeline, who surrendered when Barack Obama vetoed Keystone XL, who effectively uh, killed uh, Energy East
1: Well, what's the alternative? I, I, I guess we can go to the mat and make it very well known that we op- oppose this government, oppose what they're doing, but it doesn't change the fact that they are the government.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So I think what we have—sorry for my voice, Rob. No, uh, that's okay. I, I think what we have to—I get Horst just talking about this stuff. Yeah, I've suggested that we call on the federal government to use its constitutional power uh, to declare Trans Mountain a project that is in the national interest that would trigger 90, Section 92.10c of the Constitution and override any objections by the B.C. government. On this uh, pipeline bill that's now before in Parliament, our government has done nothing to raise objections. But now the companies that have to be diplomatic are doing so. So I'm, I'm just saying, you know, where is the voice of Alberta on all of this? It's time to speak up. I've offered to, to the Premier on multiple occasions, to have unanimous motions passed through the legislature, backing her up on behalf of all parties and the vast majority of Albertans. But her preferred strategy is backroom deals with Justin Trudeau. And so far, we only lose when that happens.
1: So you wrote to the premier uh, earlier this week, <laughs> suggesting that maybe this should be the subject uh, of a motion in the legislature.
0: Exactly. And, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that Quebec politicians always do. I think it's time that we took a page out of the playbook of Quebec political leadership when their province is being attacked. You know, what they always do is they have a special debate and they pass a unanimous motion speaking for all parties uh, on an issue. That's how they deal a graft fake fight. I think that's the real problem, that they don't really believe this.
1: Does it seem to you, though, that Trudeau, to some extent, needs Rachel Notley on board, that you know he's got this whole agenda yeah. of bringing the provinces on board, that he's got partners, you know, in this national climate change strategy, does that give the premier any kind of leverage?
0: Well, she certainly believes that it does, but what are we getting for that leverage? Northern Gateway vetoed, Energy East killed. Obama vetoed it, and no fight back on the NDP in British Columbia on Trans Mountain and and um, a proposal to raise the carbon tax by 67%. If that's victory, I'd hate to see what a defeat
1: is. Well, if we get Trans Mountain built, Line 3 gets completed, Keystone XL gets completed, those are three victories, aren't they?
0: can't take credit for Donald Trump being elected president of the United States and approving Keystone XL. Let's be clear about that. Trans Mountain, uh, I hope it gets built. Um, But right now, all we have is an NDP government in BC and NDP municipal governments in Burnaby, Vancouver and elsewhere, uh, together with environmental groups. We were told that if we imposed a punitive carbon tax on ourselves, that we would get social license and those groups would go from no to yes on pipelines. That has not happened. It's a year behind schedule. Um, I want to be hopeful Hard to, to you, you, it's it's unrealistic to say that this is going well right now, and uh, so yeah, I I, I don't think the strategy is working.
1: Well, and I don't mean political victories necessarily for for either the premier or the prime minister, but those would be victories for Alberta. And I I do 100%. wonder. Right, and I, I mean maybe the the silver lining here. Or perhaps, you know, that, that at least it gives us some time. If we can get those three pipeline projects completed, that, that we probably wouldn't need any major new pipelines for the foreseeable future, would we?
0: Well, uh, there are arguably yes. We, we are we're increasing our production from about eight hundred thousand barrels per day to about one point. Yes, the, uh, we shouldn't stop there. Uh, should we get there? <clears throat> but we also need the LNG pipelines because um, we're produ- producing far more gas than we can sell.
1: All right. Well, in the meantime, I don't know if the premier responded to you in any official capacity or spokesperson. No, she, she,
0: this is my third letter right. to her, and she's never responded. I, th- I find that
1: very peculiar. That is odd. I guess what we can glean from her spokesperson is that they're they're not really interested in discussing this in the legislature.
0: I guess not. With my, the voice that I have right now, I probably couldn't myself anyway.
1: Well, maybe, maybe they'll, uh, they'll, they'll call you on that. Maybe they'll, they'll take you up on the offer. We'll see. Sorry about All right, that, Rob. Thanks very much. Yeah, Jason, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Yes. Bye bye. All right, there you go. UCP leader Jason Kenney uh, starting to lose his voice a little bit, but I appreciate you making some time for us here. So he wants a more forth, uh, forceful response from the Alberta government, which, okay, we could, and maybe people would appreciate that. Would it accomplish a whole lot? Certainly, I think we need to call attention to, to what this represents, uh, the concern that I think is legitimate, and what the federal government's hoping to accomplish here. Nine seven four eight two five five is a number. A lot more still to come here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons
0: with Rob Breckenridge, starting at twelve thirty on News Talk seven seventy Calgary.